0: It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X92 X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna.
1: It's Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. Now, a few people have made us aware that the podcast logo, for whatever reason, is showing up very, very small. Mm. Have you seen this yet? No. It's super funny, Shauna. If you look wherever you get your podcasts, yeah. I'll bring up my phone here. <laughs> This this is how the logo looks now. Oh, it's just a tiny little logo, yeah, because it's, yeah. t- it's a tiny podcast for tiny people. So, what is this a podcast,
2: France? <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're working on it. There's apparently a solution. I just have not implemented it yet. Okay. I also kind of think it's funny. It's, it's a little bit funny. It's it, it going to just
2: continually get smaller and
1: smaller? <laughs> 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 it's just blue. It's just blue with a white dot. As you know. If you know, you know. Only you okay, know. Otherwise, well. It's going to prevent us from getting any new listeners, <laughs> but you'll know. Minor details. <laughs> um, on today's show, we've got a Heritage Moment. We're going to talk about Spring. That woman who... Ran onto the live broadcast of Russian TV to protest the war, where she's at these days. What a badass. A super soft Vancouver Island story that a bunch of people sent us. Mm -hmm. You know this is up our alley. Different things you can get your PhD in, including some weird things. We're talking hobos again. You know we love talking hobos. Oh, yeah. Uh, McKenna and I are on the hunt for a house in Calgary now. And I learned some things from our realtor yesterday about this market that you might want to hear about. Uh, One of the funnier etymologies we've had in a while... You know the, the the doorbell sound or like the clock chime sound? Yeah. I looked into where that comes from. Here's your out of context clip of the show. Uh, Try okay. so hard to get lit on fire. <laughs> the BNS
0: and 20 minutes or less podcast.
2: I'm sure you've seen this by now, Beckler, but the Calgary public art piece that lit somebody on fire is going to be <laughs> on display again.
1: Well, I know they've been talking about it for a while. Are they uh, actually bringing it back? They say so. Okay.
2: I find this whole concept absolutely hilarious because nobody <laughs> ever calls it by name in the news. Okay. It's famous for lighting someone on fire. Right. That's what we all know about
1: it. It's a really cool sculpture. It really is. And, and it's even more cool than it is. <laughs> It starts fires. It's, I mean, it's called the wishing
2: well, by the way, in case anybody's curious what it actually is or what its name is or anything that. But again, I mean, we don't care. We just know that it's the public heart that caused a fire. It lit someone on fire. And that's really the important thing here.
1: The artist is like, I made wishing well. Yeah. Sorry, what? Sorry, what? The one that sets people on fire.
2: That's it, right? That's what they're known for. I'm the, yeah, I'm the artist that. It caused somebody to start fire.
1: Set that, that guy on fire with yeah. my art.
2: Guys, the light on fire exhibit is back. Very exciting. It's pretty metal. Yeah, it is. I mean, it uh,
1: actually is metal. But.
2: They, literally, yeah. They They say it will be, though, put in a place where it is less likely to light someone on fire this Aww. time around. So I have to be <laughs> honest. That's all I want to do. I want to go show up to it and try and get myself lit on fire. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to it and I'm going to wear, I don't know, extra flammable clothing.
1: Lots of hairspray.
2: Lots of hairspray. Bring like a magnifying glass. (laughs) See if I can reflect the light off something. And
1: (laughs) sit there and read an an old dry newspaper. (laughs) Oh,
2: (laughs) does this let me get on fire? I want to be the second person to be lit on fire by this thing. Okay.
1: And if it doesn't happen, are you going to be disappointed? I'm actually
2: going to be fairly disappointed. I like,
1: was wishing well. I tried oh, was okay. so hard to get lit on fire.
0: <laughs> the BNS and twenty minutes or less podcast.
1: I was watching a movie with my boys yesterday, and there was in the scene they rang a doorbell, and it's that like doorbell chime that bang 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 bang. You know that one?
2: Oh yeah.
1: And uh, Brigham like Brigham said, "What song is that?" And I was like, "It's a great question, Brigham, because everybody knows that doorbell chime."
2: I mean, it's I've I heard it in church bells.
1: Yeah, like and you're, it's the church bell. Time. You are correct. It's uh, it's this one right here. Yeah.
2: Wow. Does this bring oh, this brings back
1: memories? And then, so I was looking it up, and the, the tune is actually known as the Westminster Quarters, the Westminster Chimes. Okay. Because it's the tune that plays at Big Ben. Ah. Uh, but Big Ben wasn't the first place that played. It was actually it was written for a new clock. Like they they put a new clock up in 1793 at St Mary the Great, this big church in in uh, the University of Cambridge, I think. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we need a tune for this chime, so they hired they, this guy to do it.
2: That like to write a jingle for their for church the chimes,
1: basically. Wow. So he did. Okay. Uh, and then in 1851, it was it became the you know the Big Ben song.
2: That's hilarious. And then
1: now it's in like grandfather clocks. and How do you test that out? Like,
2: and- <laughs> okay, do you guys like this one? This is a, a church jingle. What do you think?
1: We need a chime guy. That's He's had a amazing. few big hits in chimes. Yeah, <laughs> like that is hilarious. I also didn't know there's lyrics to it. Oh, there's no. like a. You were in brownies growing up, right?
2: Uh, I was in girl guides. Girl yeah, guides. I skipped. I skipped brownies.
1: Okay, well, I guess there's like a like this this prayer at the end of a brownie meeting. Oh. And that's taken from the prayer that is the lyrics to this song. Oh,
2: it was a jam back so, then. Oh, hey, man. Everybody loved that one. I mean, wow. there,
1: you didn't have many options, right? Like, unless was. there was someone performing with a lute in your town it's live, true. I mean, you couldn't just go listen to music. You had to wait for the chimes. You are so like, excited every when the <laughs> church bells played.
2: Guys, guys, it's almost time for the church You're,
1: bells. <laughs> oh, man, I love this Woo! one. <laughs> every right hour. On! Every hour on the hour. <laughs>
0: the b and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Etymology with Shauna.
2: Well, I was reading about the word vanilla recently, and my God, does it have an exciting past.
1: Vanilla? Vanilla. So the most the past is not vanilla.
2: It's not vanilla. It's the opposite of vanilla, I guess. So it's, of course, referring to the vanilla plant, right? So this word was adopted in the 1660s from the Spanish word vainilla, which means little pod as the vanilla plant has a pod, so that makes sense. But that comes from the Latin word vagina. <laughs> now, you know, you think you know what vagina means. I mean, we've all heard that word before. I'd never bothered to look at the original meaning of vagina though, and it actually translates to sheath.
1: Sheath, that one I think I knew. Yeah. Don't ask me why.
2: So the reason that vanilla was named this is because the vanilla plant has sheaths or the outward leaves that protect the pod as do a woman's lady bits.
1: So someone whoever named the plant mm-hmm. was like, That looks like a vag.
2: That looks like <laughs> a sin cave there. We'll call it that. Looks like a lady's <laughs> trouser troll and we're gonna call Yes, that's exactly what happened. So wow, has this not been an interesting journey? There you have it. Vanilla means vagina, and vagina means sheath.
1: I don't I, I hope they're not interchangeable like that.
2: Well, I mean, not so much any not so much anymore. But what
1: flavor do you want, kids? Chocolate or vagina? <laughs> I'll take the vagina, please. <laughs> vagina on a sugar cone.
0: Thank you. Tomology with Shauna. VNS in 20 minutes
1: or less. We met with our realtor yesterday. Yeah. Our uh, house hunt heats up here. And I learned a few things during that conversation. Uh, and also, I'll just say, if you happen to be looking for a house right now in the same price range as us, maybe just set this one out. Don't need any more competition out <laughs> there by the sounds of it. Don't need to be giving you any more tips. Uh, the market is still red hot by the sounds of it. This headline was in the news a couple weeks ago, so maybe you saw it. But our realtor told us that February, this just this last month, broke a record for home sales in Calgary, despite they're only having about half as many houses listed as normal. Okay. So there's just very little inventory, and they're getting snatched up right away. She said houses are still going for way over asking price, and many of them are going like to offers with few or no conditions.
2: Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So
1: like she said, I said, this is our price range. This is the high end of our price range. And she said, I would look quite a bit lower than that and be prepared to offer way more than they're asking. Oh, so okay, that's kind of depressing. Yep. Um, It sounds like a rough time to buy a house all in all, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like it's, uh, it sounds like it's going to be pretty high pressure and it's uh, part of me is like, well, what we could just We could wait. We don't have to buy right now, right? We already live here. We have a nice rental property that we're Mm -hmm. in. It's not like we're just moving to Calgary and we need to find something immediately. No. But she said that many of the buyers are from Toronto and Vancouver. Makes sense. Yeah. Which suggests to me that this market might continue like this. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think everywhere where the housing market is heating up, it's people from Toronto and Vancouver. Like, you're even hearing about, again, because people can work remotely now, people are moving to Mm -hmm. go to a place where they can afford Mm -hmm. a house because they simply can't in Toronto or Vancouver anymore. So
1: And, like, buying places here without even really seeing them, just, yeah, that looks good enough, we'll buy it. I mean, if you look at the
2: the prices here in comparison to there, they're probably like, oh, my God, that's way better, let's go. You
1: can own that house outright here Mm -hmm. and have money left over. So that's concerning. It's really daunting to think that, like, the biggest purchase you'll ever make and one that will determine, you know, for us where our kids go to school and basically what our lives look like going forward, it's going to need to be made under this kind of pressure. Yeah. Like she said, if a house goes on the market, I, I'd like to get you in there that day to see it and be prepared to make an offer Makes sense. that night. It's like, I, Shauna, I take six months to buy a pair of shoes. I read reviews. I compare prices. I think, but do I really need a new pair of shoes? Could I get another year out of the old ones? And now I'm expected to buy a house in a day
2: i know i mean i I guess if you know exactly what you're looking for and you have all the parameters and everything set it'll make it a bit easier right because it's not like you're you know just going in blind and being like ah i don't don't know i guess
1: (laughs) if you look at all houses you're like this seems yeah like a lot but you're right we know how much we can spend where we want to be what the house needs to have yeah and then when something comes up that checks most or all those boxes then i guess you're right then you're like okay well this is what we've been waiting for yeah
2: my sister experienced this in vancouver of course when she was looking for a place they were looking even just outside of vancouver and burnaby and even still the real estate agent would hover in front of these places and wait for the open house to open and then like rush them in and have the check ready and it was it was insane like there's people it's Like these real, these realtors are like in the bushes, like with binoculars, hiding out now. Like, oh, it's mine,
1: which oh, you have to do. Um, and I'm so stressed by that, I'm yeah, yeah, just yeah. so stressed. Sorry, I made oh, it worse. That's okay.
0: <laughs> the BNS and 20 minutes or less podcast. So, this is
2: interesting. We've talked about the um hobo handbook before, right?
1: The hobo code, the hobo code. Yeah, it's I, I live my life by it. Of course, I was actually thinking of doing a bit of jungling this weekend, Shauna. Oh, guys, down you for should. a jungle,
2: As, yeah. I'm okay. Let's go jungling. Uh, I actually learned about some symbols that hobos would use when traveling across the land as well, which I thought were kind of cool. So basically they'd leave signs for each other for things to look out for or to beware of, and hobos, for those that don't know, were traveling people around the time of the Great Depression, right? So
1: They traveled for work. They traveled looking for work, and yep. it's not really a derogatory term. Like, no. Uh, hobos would wear that term proudly because they were out looking for work.
2: And I didn't realize so, this, but at one point they said there were nearly four million adults who left their homes in the U.S. to try and find work which is crazy and a quarter of a million of those were teenagers really so as they traveled i guess if they found a good place to find food or that type of thing they'd actually leave signs for each other along the way just to help each other out because they knew how difficult it was right so uh some of the signs that i i thought were kind of cool so a cross meant angel food or food that served after a sermon Oh, okay. So if you could go and get a, a good meal after, then they'd leave a cross, a symbol at a, a church or something to let you know that. A triangle with hands meant the homeowner has a gun. Mm. So, you know, to maybe be aware of that. A horizontal zigzag meant a barking dog. And this is kind of cool. A top hat meant a kind gentleman lives here. And if a kind lady lived somewhere, they ha- they put a picture of a cat. And that meant that a, <laughs> a kind lady lived there.
1: But they, the symbol was a cat. They also had all kinds of symbols if it wasn't safe yeah. for hobos in certain areas, right?
2: Yeah, like they had three diagonal lines that just meant not a safe place. Um two shovels though meant that work was available, so that of course was a plus as well. Um two interlocked circles meant that hobos are jailed here. Uh, so stay away. Okay. So yeah, it was it was very interesting that they just leave these symbols for one another, so as they traveled along, they'd
1: know. I wonder if these were decided upon at the hobo convention. Which That's, actually happened? There were hobo. Which is also
2: crazy. Which, yeah,
1: I wish they're still where I'd go. Um, I'd go. Like I said, I'm living my life jungling. by the hobo. I'm
0: just going for a jungle just this weekend. VNS in twenty minutes or less.
1: I was reading into some of these hobo symbols, Shauna, and apparently there is some question as to whether or not they were ever actually used by hobos. Mm, interesting. They're, they said like they're well. Documented in terms of like what certain symbols mean and stuff, but they're not sure if hobos actually use them or if some of the writers of the time kind of made them up because it's, there was like the, all this fascination around hobo culture back then. And, and I mean, look at us today still. So, well, I was
2: gonna say, you'd think though that there would be some symbols used, like just because there is for everything, and anybody who's traveling, like hikers and stuff, there's always symbols that you use to help navigate, because I find anyone who's outside like that always does kind of form a bond. It's weird, right? Like, even if you're you're not necessarily together hiking. People love to help other hikers or help other even snowboarders and that kind of thing. So
1: You're right. And terminology and symbols and stuff develop in different subcultures. So, yeah, it, you'd it think totally there'd be makes sense.
2: Yeah, maybe like, some of these are more dramatized, but you'd think there'd be definitely some symbols.
1: This didn't make it on the podcast today, but earlier on the show, you were talking about what an upside down bike is a symbol for. Yeah.
2: Uh, I was at the dollar store the other day and I walked outside and there was a, an employee there and there was a man and he had his bike that was upside down like resting on its handlebars. And she said, hey, I see this all the time with people who are homeless. Is there a symbol or does this mean something? Like why flip it upside down like that and put it so prominently in front of a store? She says, people do this all the time here. And the guy was like, oh yeah, it means don't frig with this bike.
1: And uh, so it's kind of like a, a sign to other homeless people that like this, this bike belongs to a claimed, homeless
2: person. It's taken. Don't mess with this bike. Yeah, which is
1: interesting. Go, go steal someone else's bike. Honestly,
2: like, well, the way he said it too, it was very, it was, it was fairly intimidating. He was like, "Don't, uh, no, you just don't frig with it." If it's like they're like, "Whoa, okay, yeah, I'm not going to."
1: So, was there like an, an un, like an unspoken agreement amongst? You know, the street community that you don't steal each other's bikes. That's what it seems like. The way he was describing it was was just
2: that, which I was like, oh, int- yeah, fascinating.
1: And then there's all like the, you know, the hobo slang that has developed. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that a bit on What Did You Learn Today, which isn't on this podcast either. But, you know, I said jungling there. And if you don't know, jungling is like a hobo encampment. <laughs> It's a hobo jungle, which is a funny term. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I was reading through. There's this list. If you go to like the Wikipedia page for hobo symbols, there's a list of all their different their slang, right? And some of them are so funny. Like apparently they they I think they came up with the term cooties, which, which refer so to lice. Hilarious. Yeah. They have a bunch of different words for lice. Which lice must, would
2: be a huge problem. Yeah. And that's
1: why they boil up, right? You got to yeah. boil up. They say how make sure right. you boil up often. Crazy. Boil your clothes, kill the lice. My favorite slang of theirs was. To pretend to faint, and they have a i don't know why you need a term for that like how often are you are you fake fainting it sounds like a way to get out of something when you're in trouble. <laughs> what if they call it to chuck a dummy so <laughs>
2: Also, when you say chuck-a-dummy, I can't help but envision, yeah. you know, remember how for my funeral I want to be chucked off <laughs> yeah.
1: a mountain. Yeah.
2: Chuck-a-dummy chuck is a exactly dummy. what I would like, yeah. but I'm the dummy. Chuck <laughs> me off a mountain when I'm dead, okay?
1: okay. I'm going to chuck a dummy. You're right, though. Uh, like, is it to get out of trouble? I know. So That's the only thing I can think so of. Chuck-a-dummy, and, and then they moved along.
2: Yeah. Like. <laughs> I continued another <laughs> way.
1: Hmm. I had to chuck a dummy this weekend too.
2: Oh, that oh. also sounds like slang for <laughs> dropping a poop. I mean, really?
0: VNS in 20 minutes or less.
1: I recently came across someone who had a PhD in physiotherapy. And I'll be honest, I did not know you could be a physio doctor, a doctor of physio.
2: Mm. Yeah, I don't think I knew that either.
1: It makes sense when you think about it, it does. right? It's yeah. In the- the health field, but I like I hadn't really thought about it, and I didn't know that existed. And Interesting, In fact, yeah. there are lots of things you can be a doctor in that I had never really thought about. I, I have a list here. Sean, I sent you this list. This is all the different- Yeah, this, this is
2: insane. List this of is...
1: fields of doctoral studies so in many... the United States. There's Holy hundreds of them, and bananas. some of them I didn't know you could be a doctor in. No. Do you know you could be a doctor in radio? Well, that's- <laughs>
2: Amazing. Just call me doctor.
1: <laughs> doctor radio. Doctor radio. Um, <laughs> if I was a doctor in radio, this show would be called X Mornings with Dr. Beckler and John. Absolutely. Ghana. And I would insist. Oh, yeah. Insist that everyone call me doctor.
2: This is funny because, I mean, you, there's also a doctor of theater arts, right? A <laughs> doctor of theater arts. I'm a doctor. You know that they make everyone call me. Oh, absolutely.
1: No, I'm a doctor. It just doesn't seem like something you could get a a doctorate in
2: you could be a doctor mm-hmm. of poultry
1: really the chicken doctor chicken doctor <laughs> the chicken doctor
2: yeah oh my god and
1: then you could be a doctor of like music yeah which is pretty cool which that that's really cool yeah. is it's like doctor hook a real doctor is <laughs> doctor dre a real doctor you maybe
2: i mean now that we know that that's a thing yeah. you could be a a doctor in soil sciences you could be a dirt doctor
1: a dirt doctor you could be like an you know, ocean sciences doctor doctor ocean
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Ocean. You can ter- be a doctor of the Bible.
1: Yeah, I saw that one too. Bible doctor. Like a God doctor. I'm a God doctor. Yeah, <laughs> a doctor your- of the Bible.
2: Yeah, can you- I have a question about God. Here I am. God <laughs> well, doctor. Well, you've come here, to the right to- place. Well, I'm here for you. <laughs>
1: DNS in 20 minutes or less. x two nine. good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Oh, we're great. How are you? Uh, you know, living the dream. Living the dream. Nice.
0: I, uh, well, first of all, this
1: is why I called, but. Too bad you guys are tired of the cops, today, Because two cops would have been awesome. But oh. that's not why I called. <laughs> that's not why I called. I heard a phrase. I heard a term the other day, and I immediately thought of you guys, and I needed to share it with you. Please. We we were at my kid's school the other day and watching his hundredth day parade thing, and there was the junior highs we were in the gym, and one of the junior highs had like junior high kids had these like curly long locks in the back and like shore in the front oh yeah and the yeah. guy beside me the guy beside me looks at me and he goes check out the moulet on that one <laughs> and i was the like mulet. what an amazing
0: term
2: that is moulet the moulet that's the yeah mulet. The, the cultured mullet is what that is yeah was the man french or
0: <laughs> man oh. it was perfect oh, you know I, awesome. I, I think guys, my
1: favorite wait, part wait. of the story is that, that 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 it was a dad right another dad yeah, And he clearly looked at you, and he's like, this guy will get it.
2: You'll
0: appreciate
1: <laughs> this. <laughs> you yeah, will get me. He'll, get <laughs> he'll me. appreciate this joke. Oh,
2: that's awesome.
1: <laughs> the The moulet. Okay, next time we talk about mullets, I'm, I'm bringing that one out. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah. I thought you guys like that one. Well, thank you. We sure do. Thanks a lot. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you guys
0: later. Have a great one. We'll see you. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I
1: was reading a bit more about Marina Obzianikova, So she's the woman who ran onto the set and interrupted a TV broadcast in Russia with right. an anti-war message. Mm-hmm. And we know a bit more about her now and kind of what happened after that. So she she's an editor at Channel One, which is a state-sponsored TV outlet there in Russia. Right. And before this, she had posted a video, uh, and then she was, right after she pulled this political stunt, she was... Uh, she was detained, and she no one really knew where she was. And, of course, you'd think, like, oh, the, I mean, the worst has happened, right? Yeah. It's Russia we're talking about here. But then these pictures started popping up on social media of her and her lawyer in court, and she has since been released. She was fined, like, 30,000 rubles, which is 200 and some bucks, I think. Uh, and she spoke to the media. She said she hadn't slept in two days, and she was interrogated. But, I mean, honestly, I'm amazed that's all that happened to her.
2: And I was wondering if it's because she got so much attention,
1: right? Like, like she was too high profile now to yeah, disappear.
2: I think some people were saying maybe that's why, um, and that's why I think a lot of media was actually trying to follow along with the story. and Was like, well, where is she? Because right then they kind of have to be held accountable to what they do. Don't know if that's true or not, but yeah, because I thought the same thing when I heard. It. I was like, that's it. That's thank God. Three hundred dollars like,
1: fine for like yeah. And I was reading this article in the Guardian here, and apparently that that story is a big deal. On social media, even in Russia right now, so mm. they said that a, a few people who worked at the TV station quit over what happened. Like, wow, over because her sign. If you don't remember, her sign said, "Stop the war! Don't believe the propaganda. They're telling you lies here."
2: Which again, like Russia just passed that law where you can't say war, invasion, or assault, or you could be jailed for up to fifteen years. And then she goes and tosses That's this the hat. Stuff.
1: Like, a, oh my and all she God. And also that was a fine? Yeah. So, I mean, I, she's in this video that she had posted before, she said, I'm ashamed that I allowed myself to tell lies from the television screen. Ashamed that I allowed Russians to be turned into zombies. We just silently watched this inhumane regime. I was thinking, man, the stones on this woman. I know. Like, she is brave as hell. Yep. Um, and I'm glad to hear she's okay. But. That's insane. Also, yesterday, you may have seen this story, but Russia has blacklisted 313 Canadians. And banned them from the country, and that includes the prime minister Trudeau, yeah. um, most of Parliament, I think, and then a few high-profile uh, Ukrainian Canadians. I wonder what a regular person would have to do to get blacklisted. Beckler, not much. No. Like
2: if we were to just send them clips of us saying the word "war," they'd probably just ban us. I
1: don't know. Would they? Well, like, how do you get on this list? I mean, could I, we get banned by Russia? I would love to get banned by Russia. Would right you? Now. Yeah, I'm not Maybe. going there anytime soon. That's yeah, fair. Ban me. Put me on that list. What do I, I got to say? I mean, if we send them a club, they might. They might just, ah, here you go. Uh, Tattoo of Putin on my ass. Would that do it, do you think? I,
2: I mean, that would maybe be seen as a sign of flattery, but. DNS in 20
0: minutes or less.
2: Passed by a flower shop yesterday, and they had all sorts of signs out that.
1: Recess is over. <laughs> I'm not sure how long alarm. this is
2: going to go on for. I don't know if you guys can even hear this, but it's, it's quite loud we well, wait, we'll wait. Oh. Okay, it's good. The okay. fire alarm's working again.
1: Carry on, sorry. We're good. On,
2: sorry. Uh, But there were all these signs that were outside of this, this flower shop that said spring is in the air, which kind of is the classic white girl saying for this season, for sure. But every time I see that, I'm like, this is not a good thing. When we talk about spring being in the air, we act as if this is a positive sign and it's <laughs> mm, that smells good. Do you know what spring smells like? Poop. It smells like straight manure. <laughs>
1: Especially in some parts of the province. Oh,
2: my God, yeah. But honestly, I, at this time of year, when things melt and warm up, it's the smell of melting poop. Okay, it's the, it's the poop that was frozen back in the fall that's now all kind of thawing mm-hmm. out, and we're getting that waft of it. You get it all at once,
1: right? You get it all at once.
2: It's so funny because I tweeted about this recently, too, and a, a friend was like, yeah, my it's hilarious. My son's class was outside, and they were all yelling about how it smells like <laughs> poop out there. And I'm like, See?
1: The other thing is that like I'm allergic to what's in the air in spring.
2: Yeah, it's true. Snow spring mold is in the have- air?
1: Yeah, I'm allergic.
2: Everybody has allergies that pop out and start sneezing and we it's not really a positive. Like spring is actually the worst smelling of the seasons, I'd say as well.
1: Of the f- of the four seasons would spring be? Yeah, probably.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean in, in summer it's lovely then, but of course you always get a, a small waft of BO, mm-hmm. okay? In mm-hmm. fall everything's dying. Winter is really the best smelling season because everything is kind of flattened by the
0: snow
1: and frozen there, right? So you don't smell those smells. Right, and your nose is frozen too. Your nose is it's frozen It's neutral. Too- exactly. It's neutral. It doesn't smell like anything. And mm-hmm. then if you can get into like a pine forest, then it smells wonderful. Wow, it's beautiful. But, but spring, not, not a good uh, smell. No. Nope.
0: <laughs> you don't want that in the air, do you? Spring is in the air. Mm. Oh, great. Poop. The b and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. A Calgary Heritage Moment.
2: In keeping up with the theme of International Women's Day, which just passed, another incredible woman who has ties to Alberta is Doris Anderson.
1: Doris was born in Medicine Hat, but moved to Calgary when she was quite young and attended Crescent Heights High School. Doris graduated from Teachers College and worked for a few years before returning to academics at the University of Alberta.
2: She worked as a journalist for a few years before joining Chatelaine Magazine. She began her magazine career in the advertising department before later becoming an editor for Chatelaine.
1: Here, Doris was deeply involved with turning the magazine into a powerhouse publication that was not only empowering to women, but also a forum for feminist ideas. She doubled
2: the magazine's circulation in her time with them and made it the most popular publication in what was then the McLean Hunter Company's vast array of magazines and media assets.
1: From there, Doris ran for the Federal Liberal Party in 1978. She was denied, but in 1979, she did accept a Liberal government appointment and became the president of the Canadian Advisory Council on the Status of Women.
2: She lobbied for the government to identify men and women as equal under the law and helped unite women across the country in a fight for equality.
1: Doris also wrote for the Toronto Star, authored several books, received three honorary degrees, served on the Board of Governors for York University in Toronto, and was Chancellor of the University of Prince Edward Island.
2: In 1974, she became an Officer of the Order of Canada, and in 2002 was promoted to Companion of the Order of Canada. Companions are appointed in recognition of their outstanding achievement and merit of the highest degree, especially in service to Canada or to humanity at large no small feat.
1: The maximum number of companions that Canada can have at any one time is 165, and Doris was given this honour. Doris Anderson passed away in 2007 at the age of 85, leaving behind an enormous legacy for her impact on women's rights in Canada.
0: This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment.